Welcome to episode 47 of the Mile 62 Trail Running uh, Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Elkins, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Got an exciting episode today. I speak with one of my friends, Jay Tainert. Uh, He's up in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, Texas, and I'm going to call and talk to him while he's participating in the Texas Endurance Run. It's a 48-hour race in uh, Saginaw, Texas. So stay tuned after the break, and we'll connect with Jay. Hey, Jay. Are you there? Yes, I'm here, Richard. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Doing good. So you, 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 you're, I'm, I'm catching you during a race, so you're doing the perpetual motion 48 hours. Is that right? Uh, well, th- this one is uh, actually called just Texas Endurance Runs 48 Hours. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so you're doing the Texas Endurance Run 48 hours, okay. Yeah. Same race director does perpetual motion in December, but this is her new <laughs> middle of summer thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So you, what, what, So how long How long you been in the race? You started what? Uh, we, 6, 6 p.m., so it's been, what, three hours and 45 minutes or something like that? Oh, great. Yeah. So how, how far have you gone so far? just a little over 14 miles <laughs> oh, you got i'm not moving of, real quick yeah you got you got plenty of time to hit your goal i remember you telling me you were going to try to hit 100 miles is that right yes yes oh, that's great so where where is the race is it's in i know it's in dfw but whereabouts is the race it's officially fort worth but it's really in fort worth there's a there's a little town called saginaw just it's it's right on the border to Saginaw. Fort Worth kind of has tentacles all over the place, so oh, okay. it's, it's yeah, a little familiar there. Yeah. yeah. So is it is it a what? A, tell us a little bit about the course. Is it a is it a loop, a small loop or a big loop or how the how yeah. do they have it set up? It's a mile and a quarter. Uh, we're out kind of in the country a little bit. Uh, there's a a long out and back down a road that's part of the course and then you do a big uh, comeback and you do a loop around the property it's probably about uh, a third gravel road uh probably a third paved and then a third you're going over just going over grass (laughs) so a little bit of everything yeah yeah so do you have to provide your own little aid station or do they have something set up for you they have stuff and they'll feed us um i i did just never knowing what there's going to be, especially for a first year race. Uh, I, I brought my own stuff too. So <laughs> just, just in case. Oh, that's great. That's great. So how, how many people are out there? Is it a small race or is it, did they have a good turnout? It, it, it's really small. It's a first year. Uh, they're going to end up, well, that you had a choice between a 24 hour race. You could do a 24 hour run on Friday night or 24 hour race on Saturday night, or you can do the 48 which goes from Friday to Sunday. Uh, and I think she only has about 30 people total signed up. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're, you're going to see some new people during the race. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, that's good. How, how's so there's it, how's probably it, how's, yeah. 18 or 20 of us here right now, probably tonight. And then there, there'll be another 10, 12 people that join us tomorrow. Oh, that's good. That'll be good fun. Do you see any, any people, you know, out there today? Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> yes. Cool. I know. Probably about half the people or more. 
You know, that's, that's great because, you know, with the pandemic and so many races canceled last year, uh, I know myself, I haven't seen a lot of running friends in a long time, seems like. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, there's people that I hadn't seen for a few years. There's uh, there's some uh, friends that I've seen that are from like Abilene that I haven't seen in a few years. And I'm seeing there's a gentleman here that's from Abilene that I hadn't seen in a few years. And then uh, there's a guy that travels all over the place and does marathons and ultras all over the place. It's in his early 70s that traveled from New Mexico and is doing the race. Oh, wow. So that's it's kind of cool. I've met him, I think once before, but I, but he, he just drives with a trailer around <laughs> and parks the trailer on the property. And, uh, yeah, but that, 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 that'd be a fun, be fun to just to do that. I, there's quite a few people doing that. I, I met a guy that does ultras that way. He, he doesn't drive a trailer around, but he's, he's doing one almost every weekend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What a life. Pretty interesting. So what's what's the weather like up there right now? Here it's pretty it's pretty nice in Austin right now. <clears throat> it's it's a lot better right now than it has been. Uh, I think we were supposed to get up in just the low ninety two or so today. Yeah, uh, I, it's definitely feeling cooler since the sun's gone down. It's, it's really not that bad. I just I'm I've been struggling with the heat this summer, so I'm still not feeling like going real fast, but that's okay. Yeah, same, same, same for me. But it, it, boy, sure, it's nice after dark, especially if you're on a, if you're on a trail that you know that's that doesn't have a bunch of roots and stuff that you can you can kind of pick it up a little bit at night. You know, yeah, you can take it easy during the day. That's that's good. So, so those kind of three different surfaces. What what kind of shoes did you decide to wear? Well, I'm in still road shoes right now. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, fairly cushioned ones. I'm running in my Ultra Torin fives, but I may switch to my, uh, I'm thinking about switching my ultra lone peaks a little later because it would work good to have, uh, trail shoes as well. You would just have a little, there's a little bit of road running, but it'd be good on the gravel and this, and this, uh, grass. So. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds like that's, it sounds like a good, uh, good way to mix it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jay, tell us tell us a little bit about your running history. Uh, your first time uh, talking to my listeners. To, so, how long you been in the, involved with uh, distance running, and how'd you get started? Well, I've been running a long time. Uh, I, I'm uh, in my upper fifties, but in my twenties, uh, I was sitting around, didn't know what to do, and I watched. I'm gonna start off. I started off watching the. Tour de France one year in the late 80s and I'm like oh I used to like riding my bike as a kid I was in my mid-20s so I went and bought a bike and started riding a bike uh got involved with a bunch of bikes some of them were doing uh duathlons even though back in those days they still called them biathlons <laughs> before uh, they realized how much that messed with the winter sport <laughs> uh but uh so I started trying to do some of those. I did some uh, duathlons and some triathlons and started doing a little bit of running. And then uh, it got to where it's just less and less crazy hanging around with those people doing all the run running. So I did my first marathon in 1993 and uh, haven't looked back since. So which, had, one was, which one was your first one? 
the first one I completed was actually the New York City Marathon. Oh wow! Oh wow! That one's real hard to get into nowadays. <clears throat> yeah, back back then you had about a 50-50 shot, but I I got in. I had uh, I had actually signed up for a race in Dallas uh, back that spring of that year, but I got injured uh, during the, and didn't finish the race. So then, yeah, New York City was my first one that I went and completed. But there were still, it wasn't as big as it is today, but uh, there were 28,000 people, I think, back when I ran it. Now I think they have close to 50,000. Yeah, it's but. amazing how things have changed. You know, when I, I remember when I used to live in Dallas, you know, you, you'd sign a piece of paper, you know, pay $30 to go out to White Rock Lake and run a race, and things have changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it's all online and you, you know, some races you got to sign up for three, four months ahead of time and uh, quite expensive. I tried to jump into the Austin marathon last year, or I guess it was a year before. And uh, it was about $150. It got quite expensive. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable how much more they cost now. Yeah. yeah so like my second one was my second one was a Dallas white rock. And back then it was owned by just the little local running club. And it was maybe seventy dollars to enter the marathon. You're right. I think now I looked a year or two ago, and it's like one hundred and fifty dollars, something like that. Yeah, they they really they well, of course they give a lot of swag and stuff. But you know, I would rather you know I know some ultras do it. I'd rather you not know, get some of the swag and just you know pay a lower entry fee. Yeah, um, but yeah, they they gotten pretty expensive. So you so you did you continue to do marathons and did you kind of focus on anything or did you uh, get into start getting into also trail running? And how long ago did you do that? Well, I I didn't do my first trail race till around 2000 or 2001. I had actually done some trail running. I had friends that were training back in the early 90s for the Pikes Peak Marathon. And they would go to, yeah, they would go out to, it's now called Cedar Ridge Preserve. Back in those days, it was called the Dallas Nature Center up in this area. And they would just go run loops of that. And it's a pretty hilly, rocky, uh, that was the hilliest thing you can find around here just about. And they would go run loops of that trying to get ready. And I would go out and run with them a lot. I never ran Pikes Peak, but so I ran, yeah. That's a tough course. I two years ago I did that running for Bibles La Nuit nine hours where you run right. at night on, on there, and uh, I had never run out there before. Of course, I used to live in Grand Prairie, but that was way before they built that area. And uh, when I what interesting is I went out there, I ran for nine hours, and I never saw the course in daylight. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a tough one. It has so many stairs, and uh, yeah. that's a really tough course. I, I love that trail though. It's just gotten to where I don't haven't run it much lately because it gets really busy on the weekends, especially since COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's got, yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, the the one thing I remember about that course is you go out there and it's got that big sign that says something like "We have every snake that, yeah. every poisonous snake there is" or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the years, see I've seen a few. Uh, I've seen a few of them out there. I've seen rattlers a couple times, and I've seen a copperhead. Oh, wow. But I used to run out there all the time, and I think I've seen snakes three times and running out there almost for 30 years, so it's not that much. Yeah. No, no Dallas-Fort Worth has got a lot of good places to run. Um, have so you does ever, Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And 
um, when I lived in Dallas, Fort Worth, you mentioned duathlons. I used to do a lot of duathlons and they kind of gone away. My brother recently, which lives in Arkansas, has done a few up there, but I really enjoy the duathlons where, you know, where you uh, bike, run, bike. I did a few triathlons, but I, I just, I'm just not a good swimmer. And I, I remember getting kicked in the face one time and I was like, I really don't like this. (laughs) I'm not a good swimmer either. That's why I, (laughs) it's just so much time you got to focus, you know, if you, you know, you want to train for three sports and, uh, it gets, it's gotten real expensive, you know, all the gear you got to get. I just, I really kind of focused on the running, but. Well, yeah, and we complain we complained about how much running races have gone up, but triathlons are crazy priced compared to running. Yeah, I, I've I've heard I've heard some of them. Some of the big half Ironman and Ironman cost a thousand dollars. Yeah, and my wife still likes doing little sprints, and even a sprint is usually a hundred plus bucks now. So it's it's crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah, it is. So. Um, yeah, so what's your what's your what you I remember seeing your video about your race schedule. What, what uh, remind me what's your what's your next race on the calendar coming up? Uh, the next one after this, I'm going to run a, a half marathon at uh, it's called Six O. It's in Cleburne, Te- Cleburne, Texas, uh, the first weekend in September. I think it's September fourth. And I'm going to do, they have up to a 50K, I think, but I'm just doing the half marathon. Okay. Uh, that sounds like good fun. Yeah. And I'm, then, yeah. Sorry. No, what, no, no. I didn't your... mean, uh, no, I, I said that sounds like fun. I was just thinking that I was going to let you know that tomorrow I'm going to go out to the Habanero course. I'm going to drive out there and do some filming. So I'm going to oh, do cool. one loop out there. Yeah. Weather's supposed to be good. I, pl- I thought about doing it last weekend, but I, I talked myself out of it. But tomorrow I'm going to go out there and do a loop and, and hang out a little bit. Last chance before next weekend, right? That's right. <laughs> get, get one in. It's supposed to be in the 80s in the early morning, so I'll get up early and go out there. But I'm looking yeah. forward to that. But, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, your YouTube channel, the old Ultra Runner, uh, I think it's it's it, you you put it together very nicely. How how long have you been on YouTube, and can you tell us a little bit about your channel? I I just started on March first. Um, okay. It's and I just am basically talking very probably very similar to yours. Uh, we've had a little bit different focus, but but I'm basically I just talk about my running. I try to give a just like you do little tips about things that I've learned over the years. I do do race reports on the races I do. Uh, I do do some product reviews. Probably the most popular things I've done so far are some of my shoe reviews, but I'm not a sponsored sponsored YouTuber. I don't get given shoes. So I, it's just limited to what I've got, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat and, I was I was watching the the big YouTuber Kofuza. I watch him quite often his live streams, and I think he's pretty nice. He he will actually reply and respond to you know the small YouTubers, and yeah. uh, he suggested he said, well, if you which made a lot of sense. He said, well, if you're not sponsored and get shoes all the time, just just do reviews on the shoes that you use all the time, <laughs> which made yeah. a lot of sense. Which is why I started doing more shoe reviews, but um. Yeah, I think it's good fun. You know, I, I've been podcasting. I think that I'm in my mid-40s where the podcasting, and I've been podcasting a little bit longer. But um, I think I think the, the taking the video and doing the editing and stuff, I think it's a little bit interesting 
uh, a different, different, different avenue um, way to show things and talk about things. So I, I like both of them, but I, I think the YouTube I really got a big interest in. Just still learning, you know. When I first started, I didn't even know how to set up the page and uh, didn't even know how to use my uh, GoPro. But yeah. I think it's a steep learning curve. But I want I think once you get you know going and learn this and that, how to do things, it gets easier. So no, I'm not great at it still, but I'm learning, and it's it's fun. I'm just it's something different. Uh, no, I for years I've listened to podcasts since. 2007 or something like that and uh yeah. i was interested kind of in doing that but i never figured it out and then i started watching a lot of youtube over the last few years and i'm like yeah i just do that so yeah. i'm just trying it for fun we'll see yeah. same 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 for me same for me so what's what's your what's your plan for the the rest of the race so it's uh 10 o'clock so how long are you going to go before you take a break uh I already stopped and ate a sandwich. I'm, I don't, I'm really planning to go before I take a long break until probably 10 in the morning. So I plan to go overnight. Uh, and then probably 10 or 11 in the morning, I'm going to take a good break during the day, during the heat of the day. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing kind of like a walk jog uh, for, you know, I know these long, these are really long 24, 48 hours. They always suggest the walking and then jogging or, can you, are you breaking it up? Do you have kind of a system how you how you target the race, or you just go until you're tired? Yeah, I'm uh, not exactly following what I planned, but it was it felt really hot the first two hours, so I pretty much walked. I'm pretty good. And uh, then for the next after two hours, I started I started running four minutes and then. Uh, and now since we've been talking, I've just been walking, but I'll, I'll probably go back to the running four and walking two again. And uh, I'll just keep that up and a lot of the night until I, but I may run into a friend that I want to walk with out here some for a while and just do that. So just, I'll play it a little by ear. I just would like to make sure I'm, I'd like to be to maybe 60 miles by the time I stop in the morning. Cause I, I mean, I'm not after big goals, but I would, I still would like to hit the hundred so yeah yeah no i think that's a great goal and yeah if you find people to walk with and chat with that boy that helps chew up the time uh there's nothing better on a long really long race to find somebody to run with or talk with um what do you what do you do as far as hydration do you have like yeah. a, uh are you using your own stuff or are you just are you using what they provided uh i'm using um, they're uh I'm using a lot of their water. Water, but I didn't necessarily bring enough for the whole time. Uh, uh, but they have water. They've got good cold water. And then I'm just adding, I'm using, I've got some Tailwind. I've got some Yucan. Uh, uh, I'm adding to the water. Made my own sandwiches that I brought. But then they've got some stuff that you can heat up in a microwave to get some warm food. I, I don't really, I haven't really been back there to see what all they have yet. But uh, so I'll do that at some point. But I've heard some good things about that. You can. Um, I was listening to a video the other day and I think it was a year or two ago. I used to follow um, one tr uh, track and field coach and he, he was sponsored by you can. But um, I've heard good things about it that, you know, it doesn't have much sugar in it. And yeah, how long how long have you been using you can? 
I've I've used it for a couple of years. I don't use it exclusively. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little bit. It costs a little bit more, and and I it's a little bit messier to mix up because <laughs> it's a real fine powder. But oh, really? okay. But once you get it in there, it's fine. I mean, it mixes fine. It's it's just uh, scooping it out. You you can easily if there's a little gust of wind or you accidentally blow some wind, it flies all over the place. <laughs> oh wow! So it's like a it's really just, little fine sugar type powder. Yeah, but uh, but it's good. It it feels good. It, it lasts. Uh, very low sugar. It's supposed to, it kind of uh, is pretty calorie dense. So it actually makes you feel full for a while, which I like. Um, I'm just not exclusive on it because I still like eating some solid foods. Uh, I still like, and I've used Tailwind also for years. So I, I kind of mix them. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of the same way. I, I, I will usually drink whatever the, the race is providing, but um, at, usually at night I, I have to eat, um, real food, you know, or at least, um, after I run, you know, say through a daytime or that many hours, I have to get, I have to start eating some sort of real food and, uh, and then doing both. But, um, yeah, I can't, you know, I've heard of runners that they just stick on the liquid diet the whole way. There's no way I can do that. Yeah. The only reason I'm not drinking, I drink real often what the race provides too, but for some reason, <laughs> I have found the, the one drink that agree with me that's out there a lot. And I don't know why, because I was a hammer person for years and years. Is I don't really like hammer heat, and that's what they're having at this race. So. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, it, um, it just, for some reason, doesn't sit well with me, so I've uh, that's why I brought my own. No, that's that's a good thing to do. Well, I don't want to say anything bad about the product because I used to like hammer a lot. I just said the heat has never sat well with me for some reason. Yeah. I, I use the heat and then I use their perpetuum. I think it's like a corn starch, you know, long. Yeah. I used to use perpetuum. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good, but, um, I didn't really think it was anything better than the others. Um, um, I use tailwind too. Some of the tailwinds, they just the real strong taste, but, um, yeah. I tell you the one I really like the, I like the best is that, you know, it's just Gatorade, you know, Gatorade works really well. I buy Gatorade strong, works for me. I buy that real strong version. I think it's the fierce. Okay. I usually, I usually take a six pack or more out to the races and I put them in my drop bag. So I'll drink whatever they have, but then every once in a while I'll take one of those because those are really concentrated. You know, it's really strong. Gatorade so, has always worked for me. Fine. So, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Well, well, I wish you the best out of your race. And uh, well, thank you. I'm sorry I don't have any any great things to tell you, but that's just what's uh, going on right now. I'm just kind of no, I'm, I'm 15 jealous. and a it half miles sounds, now. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> the weather's good. I think you know. I really like the loop races. You know, I know you've done the Jackalope Jam. I really like those kind of loop races. And uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to do more of those, but you know, in our area, there's not really that many. I think there's yeah. more and more, but um, yeah, I look forward. I look forward to do some of it because, as like you said, you know, you get you can talk with people because because you see them more often because it's a small loop. But I think it's great. But uh, well, it's been good to actually talk to you in person. It's been nice to since I've I've just had uh, chats with you through email and uh, comments. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah, it's good. It's good. To, it's good to finally talk. And uh, 
let's let's try to do a, a video interview next week or you know very soon and then uh hopefully we'll see each other at a race soon yes great thank you so much richard and good luck with your race next weekend thank you and uh good luck on your race and uh i'll talk to you uh early next week and see how it goes okay so. hey, thank you very much richard i appreciate uh, it okay thanks jay bye-bye bye I'd like to thank you for uh, listening to episode 47. I hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, Jay. Um, uh, tomorrow I'm headed out to 7IL Ranch. I'm going to do a start working on my Habanero 100 preview video special, which I'll release later this weekend. And uh, um, just kind of a reminder, I'm, I'm running the Habanero 100 miler, which is a week from tomorrow. So I've been getting prepared for that. Everything's going well. Um, if you would, please check out my YouTube channel. It's the Mile 62 Trail Running channel. Um, it's the sister channel to this podcast. And I uh, appreciate if you take a look. If you like my videos, please subscribe and uh, you know comment on my videos. I think there's a lot of good content now. I've been working on my YouTube channel for three months. And... Uh, now at a point where I'm starting to learn what I know, understand what I'm doing and improve my editing. And, um, but anyways, I appreciate uh, you listening to my podcast and, uh, checking out my, uh, my videos. I wish you to have a good weekend. And, uh, like I always say, enjoy your run. Take care. Bye-bye. Welcome to episode 48 of the Richard Runs Trails podcast. Um, I'm your host, Richard, coming to you from Georgetown, Texas. Hope everyone's having a great weekend. Um, it's been about a month and a half since my last podcast and a few weeks since my last um, video on YouTube. Um, some updates from me. I've just been very busy with work. I've also suffered some... Uh, foot injuries, so I've mainly been riding my road bike for the last few weeks, um, so not much to report on uh, my podcast or my YouTube channel, but I'm back in the swing of things, my feet are healthy, I'm still biking a lot, I've started running and trying to get ready for um, upcoming races, but um, first off I wanted to talk a little bit about the podcast name change. I reported it on YouTube, um, I guess about a month ago, but it's been a while since a podcast. I changed my um, name of my YouTube channel and also my podcast from Mile 62 Trail Running Channel to Richard Runs Trails. Why did I do that? Um, I just wanted to make it more personal. Um, I had people calling me Mile 62 and didn't know my name, even though I, I mentioned my name several times. But um, I wanted to communicate better my name and also my purpose. Mile 62 is based on 100K, which is my favorite race distance. But still, it was um, in some in some ways confusing to some of my listeners or viewers. And uh, also, I wanted not to give the idea that my podcast or my YouTube channel was only for um, people who run 100K and longer. It's not the, not the fact at all. Actually, it's for ultra runners, whether or not it's 5K or... 200 miles. 
So that's the reason I rebranded my YouTube channel, rebranded my podcast, and uh, I like the new name. And I've got some good feedback on it. What have I been doing? About a month and a half ago, I uh, was in Habanero 100. I had um, That's in uh, Cash Springs, Texas. It's the hottest race in Texas. You know, it's 100 degrees most of the race. And um, I've done the 50K out there. I've done the 100K out there previous years. And I knew what to expect. And I've also run the 100-mile course, but I ran it in uh, November. It was named the uh, Jalapeno 100. So I knew, I've, run, I've run that um, 10K loop 33, 34 times. So I knew I was getting into. Um, and then also I previewed the course a few weeks before, and I put that video on my YouTube channel. And um, I was ready for it. Uh, one thing that I noticed is they put more sand on the course. The, the course had a lot of sand before, but it has even more now. It made it even more challenging. For some reason, I had problems with my feet about 70K into the race and got really blistered. And it was about 1 in the morning. It's not uncommon for me to get some blisters on my feet, but they were pretty bad. And uh, my the speed in the race was, I was about an hour, probably an hour behind uh, my schedule. And I would have been out there th at least 29, 30 hours. And the idea of going through another... Uh, day of daylight and the really hot heat. I just, you know, we always talk about you need to have your why, why you want to finish. And it was about one or two in the morning. I'd done 70K already. I really didn't have my why, so I called it quits. And I'm glad I did that. It would have been really tough to finish. I could have finished, but it would have been very painful and I would have injured myself, uh, my feet even further. I mean, they were not just a few blisters. They were really blistered. And I'm not sure why, because I've run out there so many times and I'm, I was prepared for the sand. I had my gaiters on. I was also wearing my Ultra Olympuses, the same socks I always wear. But for some reason, I got pretty blistered up. And the only thing I can think of is maybe it was because they added even more sand out there. It was just, there was sand everywhere. Uh, in previous years, there were some sections, but this year that there was even more. And... Um, if I had to do it all over again, which I don't plan to do, but I say that every year and I go back there because it's the only race that's really going on in August. But um, if I had to do it over again, probably every 50K I'd need to change my socks. I've never changed socks in a race, 100 mile or whatever it is. But out there, for some reason, the sand just gets through the gaiters and got through my socks. And when I took my socks off, I had sand in it. So the sand is what really tore up my feet. So... Um, Advice, if you're going to run the Habanero 100K or 100 miler, change your socks often. I don't typically do that because it chews up a lot of time because you got to take off your shoes, your gaiters, change your socks in a race. If, if I'm not having any problems, I don't change anything. But um, I think if you're going to run the Habanero races, um, especially the 100K and the 100 mile, you need, every 50K you need to change your socks because you just can't keep the sand out of, off your feet. Uh, at least I can't, I haven't figured I'd do it. I was wearing my Njinji toe socks, my Ultra Gators, and my Olympus 4s, and I've run 25 plus Ultras, never have a problem with that combination. But um, anyways, I, my bottom of my feet got blistered up. It wasn't my toes because I had the Njinjis on, but the bottom of my feet got pretty torn up. But I enjoyed myself. Um, brother and sister-in-law were out there. 
So it was a good experience, uh, good training. And then um, a few weeks ago, I um, I ran Arkansas Travelers, which is in um, in Arkansas near Lake Ochita. It's about an eight-hour drive from where I live. And I knew that was going to be a tough race because it's in the Ozark, and these are real mountains. You know, when you talk about Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, northern Alabama, Arkansas, you're talking about real, real mountains. And I knew it was going to be about 16,000, 17,000 feet of elevation. And uh, I thought I was prepared for it. Um, it was a really tough race. I, I made it through 57 miles and then had to drop out. The reason I had to drop out is because I, was, I came into the turnaround aid station um, only a few minutes before cutoff. They were going to let me go, but, um, I was, I would have, I would have had to, uh, go balls to the walls for the last 30 miles and I was pretty beat up and, uh, I really didn't have any time, you know, because it's at night, it was about 12 o'clock at night and I wouldn't have any time to really eat anything in aid stations. I just had to, you know, fill up and blow through them. Otherwise I wasn't going to make the cutoffs. Because they had a cutoff station. They had a cutoff time for like the eight last eight uh, aid stations. I had already gone through three aid stations, made the cutoff. And then they also have a red zone, which means that if you're in the red zone, you have a, a likelihood of not finishing because they basically run the stats over the years. And they know where you need to be in the race. Now, going the last 30 miles is a lot of downhill, but I just didn't think I could do it without, because, you know, at night, at that time of night, usually the last 30 miles, especially during the middle of the night, you need to be eating noodles, mashed potatoes, you need to be eating real food, and I had been eating a little bit of real food, but I was behind on time. I was in the back of the pack, and I was only a few minutes under the aid. In the two aid stations before, I made it into the aid station with 40 minutes to spare, but then went two more aid stations and I was only three minutes to spare so I was losing time and because I was having to do a lot of uphill stuff um I'll be more prepared for that race next year I plan to go back and uh beautiful race great great organization putting it on aid stations are just unbelievable um especially the main aid stations the this there's so much culture to the race because it's been going on for you know, 25, 30 years. One of the oldest ultras in the U.S. Highly recommend it. It's not the most exciting course, but it's pretty. I mean, it goes through the mountains. It's in the, the Ochita National Forest. Um, but my learnings from the race was everything I had learned the previous few years, people always said you need to speed hike up inclines and mountains and then, you know, jog and run down downhills. It doesn't work in that race. You'll get way behind on time because it's like the whole race is going uphill. You know, except maybe the last 30 miles. Um, as I'm told, I didn't do the last 30 miles. But I need to jog all of the um, reasonable uphills. You know, maybe a few degrees of incline. Speed hiking won't work. You'll get behind on the cutoffs. So... The cutoffs are pretty aggressive, but I think the race is doable because if I had been one hour faster in the first 57 miles, which I could have if I would pushed a little harder, 
I thought I was being conservative and, and like I always am in 100 milers, but I was too conservative. It's the first time I've ever got in trouble on cutoff times. If I'd been one hour faster, I could have finished that race. And uh, so next year I will finish it. Um, another thing that happened, well, um, one thing I'd learned at Habanero, eating real food, I ate a sandwich like every lap. And um, in Travelers, I all did that also. I didn't almost eat no gels. I used to always carry the goo chews and eat a lot of gels. Uh, very few, maybe only a handful. I'm having more luck with just taking salt tablets, eating some fruit, and um, real food. So I've kind of changed my strategy. In previous years, I didn't do that. It was kind of the opposite. I would only eat food at night, but now I'm eating it during the day too, and I'm having more success that way. But travelers went no no serious injuries, no almost no blistering, and I made it 57 miles. I was just going too slow. Missed the cutoff time. I didn't miss the cutoff time, but with a few minutes to spare, there's no way I would have made the other cutoff times if I'd stopped to eat something. If I pushed hard and just blew through the aid stations, but I just couldn't imagine doing that for 30 miles without eating very much. Anyways, next year I plan to do it again, and I'm I'm going to finish it. Great race. Highly recommend it. Um, so what's on my radar now? Uh, now that I'm, my feet are healed up, I didn't damage my feet in Travelers. I don't know what I did. I just stepped wrong. You know, that's, I, people talk about that all the time. You know, you step off your porch or you wake up wrong and you bruise something. But I banged up my um, left ankle somehow, bruised it. Maybe I did it when I was deadlifting because I do weightlifting almost every day. I did something, but it bruised it, and it wouldn't let me run for about a week. I could bike, okay, no problem. Or I could have done it on the bike. I don't know. But um, I get some tingling in my toes. If you're a cyclist and you, if you had that problem before, I read it online. Um, some people say that you know, you adjust your shoe. I adjust my shoe. Um, all the way back so that the middle of my foot is more over the pedal and I've loosened the shoes a little bit. I know the shoes fit fine, but for some reason when I get past like 50 miles on a, on a, when I'm cycling, I get the nerves in my toes get irritated and it gets a little painful. I have to stop and rest, but I read online that's a common problem with cyclists, but if you got any tricks on how to solve that problem, I'm even using thinner socks, I've adjusted my shoes, loosened up, uh, I mean, adjusting the shoes backwards on my clipless pedals. Um, done everything. A little bit of improvement, but I still have that pain. It's just like it's like clockwork. Once I get to past like 45 miles on a ride, because I like to go out, you know, I'd like to go out to like 60, 70, 80 mile rides, but it's just painful once I get past 45 miles. But if you got any um, any uh, tricks on how to alleviate that, that issue, let me know. Appreciate it. You send an email to runnerrwe at gmail.com or um, you know, just get a hold of me if you know how to get a hold of me. But um, anyways, I had new tires put on my road bike and uh, been doing a lot more cycling because of the injury. And then I just, I like cross training on the bike. So I try to get at least 50 miles a week and maybe a long ride. Now that I'm healed, I'll take the cycling uh, miles down and uh, running miles up. Is what I've got going on. Um, I plan to do a race this weekend, but I decided against it. I'm just the COVID, you know, just more, I'm more careful about it. Um, 
I was going to try to get the 400-mile buckle with Tejas Trails. I'm like at 270 miles. But I would have to do three or four races, small races, because I've got 100-mile races planned. Well, I had the Travelers, which is not Tejas Trails, so they didn't count against it. And then I've got Brazos Bend, which is the first week of December. It's 100-miler in Houston. That's um, trail racing over Texas, so that didn't count against it. So I've kind of given up on it. Um, I just kind of put it on the back burner. If um, For some reason, if Brazos Bend gets canceled because it gets can't got canceled last year because of the pandemic, it's very close to the city of Houston. So if there's any risk at all, the city will cancel it. If it gets canceled, then I'll pile on some more Tejas Trail races and then maybe do 100K in December and try to go for the 400-mile buckle. But if not, I'll just do it next year. Um, but getting ready for Brazos Bend, like I said, I'll start ramping up my uh, uh, road and trail miles, back off the cycling a little bit. Um, you know, we're in the like third week of October, so I've got... Got about four and a half weeks, four and a half weeks of uh, running, which I think will be plenty. I'll try to lose a few pounds that I gained while cycling. Just doesn't, cycling, you know, Lance Armstrong always said, you know, cycling, is, I mean, running is 3x, so one hour running equals three hours of biking. Well, I don't three hours of biking every day. Um, I do on the weekend sometimes. If I do 50 miles, it'll take me about three and a half hours. But usually I run one hour. It's 10K. And um, so anyways, it, it's it's hard to stay trim. Um, and also when I'm injured, I tend to eat more. I just want to uh, try to heal myself faster. Maybe that's screwed up logic, but... Um, I eat well. I mean, I eat good food, but I try to eat more and I take on uh, more protein and uh, BCAA and vitamins. I take vitamins every day, but I really try to focus on recovering the injury. So I typically put on a few pounds doing that. But um, anyway, it's got to trim down, trim down some over the next month, over November and this last part of October and then bring my miles up. I'd like to try to run at least 50 miles a week. Uh, maybe a little bit more if I can. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But if I can do 50 miles a week, that's fine for me because I do cross training as well. And then going to Brazos Bend. Um, that's a flat course, but it's a tough course because, you know, like Rocky Raccoon, the, the flat courses can be tough because if you don't really pace well, you can burn yourself up. And uh, so I'll be prepared. The good news is it will be colder, uh, a lot cooler. That's a lot easier on the body. And uh, anyways, I'm excited about it. So that's the beginning of uh, December. January, I'm not sure. I'd like to do Bandera 100K. Um, I may register for it anyways. I've done it five years in a row. It's just one I like to do every year. I just don't know how beat up I'm going to get in Brazos Bend. Um, I'll make a decision over the next week. So I, I think I'm going to register for it anyways. Uh, worst case, I can go out there and do the 50K. Um, I enjoy that. That's my favorite race in Texas, and it's just kind of a tradition. I just like to do it every year. Um, I registered for Run Love It, which is in February. You're probably thinking, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> Everyone says that's twice as hard as Travelers. Yeah, it's also in the mountains of Arkansas. Um, 
I think maybe on the other side of Lake Ochita. I don't know. The Ochita National Forest is huge. It's like goes over more than a hundred miles. But it's got twice as much elevation gain. Um, I just like to do it. I met one guy, Stephen. Uh, ran with him some, and he, you know, he's like, I tell him some of the races I did in Texas, and he's like, I never do those races. They're too boring. I can only do real mountain races, and I think what he said has a lot of made a lot of sense to me, because I really enjoyed the Arkansas Traveler. I mean, it's really real forest. I mean, not knocking the Texas races, but you know, a lot of times in Texas we're just doing a ten mile loop or twenty mile loop. It's real forest, but we don't have these really big mountains like you know they do out there. So it was kind of nice. It kind of reminded me when I used to run in California because I lived in Bay Area for two years. Actually, that's where I started ultra running. My first ever ultra ever was a Skyline 50K, which is north of Oakland. Very tough course. I ran a lot of 50Ks in the Bay Area. And then when I moved out to Texas, started doing longer races. And um, anyways, excited about Run Love It. It starts at a like a a resort. It finishes at a resort. Goes through the same, a lot of the same type area that uh, Arkansas Traveler it's a different course, different mountains. And uh, the nice thing is they give you 34 hours to finish, whereas Traveler only give you 30 hours. However, that really means it's probably a lot harder, and that's what everyone says it is. But I know some people that have finished, and uh, I think I'm kind of on par with them. So I think it's very doable for me. I'm going to be doing a lot more hill training. Um, I don't have mountains, but I have very big hills in my neighborhood. I just avoid most of them when I run and bike. I mean, my neighborhood is so hilly where I live, my subdivision, that it's it's easier to run than to bike. So that gives you an idea of the hills. Um, I avoid some of them, have in the past, but I'm going to start adding them into my route. So my time, my my pace times will come way down, but my elevation that I run every day will go up. And I think that will help me a lot in these mountain races because I'm just not getting enough elevation. Because I need to jog these, you know, if it's 4%, 5%, great, I need to jog them. You know, it gets up to 8 10%, you know, I'm estimating. But it has, it's, it really, in these mountain races, unless it's pretty steep, you can't speed hike them. I mean, you can't speed, I mean, there's, there's, there's mountains in Arkansas races that, that go up for like two or three miles. You can't speed hike the whole things, and I learned the hard way on that. That's how I got bad behind on time. Um, you might figure, well, you got like seventeen minutes a mile, but if you go into aid stations, you spend time and do too too much speed hiking, you're gonna get behind. Now, run love it. They're giving you thirty four hours, so I think it's about twenty minutes a mile. But I'm going to try to bank time in the first half of the race, so. I'm going to jog the not-too-difficult inclines. That's my plan. Learn my lesson in the first Arkansas Traveler. So I've got that race in February. And the rest of the year, I haven't booked any more races. I'd like to do the Arkansas Traveler again in October. So two races in, Ar- in Arkansas next year. Um, I'm not sure about my other races. Um, I'll keep you up to date on that. Um Bandera in January, Run Love It in uh, February, and then March, April, May, I'm not real sure. I might do a Texas race. 
might go out of state. Because, you know, I, I said next year I'd like to do more races in uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, more races. I've never done a race out there. Um, I really want to do Penhody, which is in northern Alabama. But that's in November, so I won't, I won't be able to do it next year if I'm doing Arkansas Travelers. But if I don't get in Arkansas Travelers, I might do that. Or I might do No Business 100. I want to do that one also. It's really... Seen, uh, seen many videos about it heard good things about it that one's in Tennessee so those are my two backups if I can't do Arkansas Travelers well Arkansas Travelers only has a couple hundred people in the race so it, it you know it fills up and closes out so I mean it's not like I have a lean 100 where there's thousand people and that's another race it's another backup race that one's also going to be beginning of November next year I'm excited because I've done that race twice and uh, finished it once First time I made 82 miles that had back problems. But this year, I think it's next weekend. This year, they're going to broadcast it on YouTube, just like UTMB and uh, the other race that IRA Vipa Racing did. So I think it's going to be really great in uh, how they uh, broadcast it on YouTube this year. So I want to be part of that next year. Um, that's a backup race. Unfortunately, all four of those races are about the same time. So my first pick will be Arkansas Traveler and then I'll have backups. But I'm not real sure what I'm going to be doing in the rest of the spring. In the summer, I'm not sure if I'll be racing anything. I don't know. I maybe do the night series. I think I'm going to avoid Habanero next year. I just don't enjoy it anymore. And we'll see how it goes. And uh, But enjoying my training. Um, uh, sorry I haven't pod sent a podcast out in a while. But um, I try to keep up with it. Uh, let me know how things are going for you. If you'd like to be on a podcast or uh, um, participate in one of my videos on my YouTube channel, uh, send me an uh, email, runnerrwe at gmail.com. Please check out my YouTube channel. It's uh, Richard Runs Trails on YouTube. Um, it should be exciting uh, weekend for me. I'm going to go running in a minute and maybe biking tomorrow. Not real sure. But uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, hope you have fun out in the roads or the trails or whatever you plan to do. But whatever you plan, just make sure you get out and do something epic. Don't stay at home. Don't watch TV. Get out and do some training. Have a great day. Bye for now.